Welcome to the LAPUX podcast, where we feature practical insights on how to lead with authenticity and courage in a changing world. This podcast is part of a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the corporate and nonprofit world who exemplify Christ-centered leadership. These thought leaders influence and contribute to meaningful professional development opportunities that seed our growing list of certificates and digital badges designed by our award-winning team who create world-class learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us today in this journey to innovate and show the world what agile learning can be. Hello listeners and welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of our new series, Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World. My name is John Reynolds, and I have the privilege of having Rob Teedy joining me today. Rob is an experienced executive. He has uh, retired recently as a CEO of a public manufacturing company. He has had several positions within their company prior to that in finance. He's a Canadian living in America. So he's uh, made many changes in his life. He's an agile guy. And so, um, Rob, it's good to have you here today to talk about agile leadership. Thank you, John. I'm glad to be here. Good. Excellent. Well, as you know, we've been talking about uh, VUCA leaders being visionary, being understood, being courageous. Now we got to the A in VUCA, and that's uh, what it means to be an agile leader. So, Rob, you know, part of this process is that uh, I've been blogging on the topic and In the blog, I made the statement, I said, adapt, pivot, flex, adjust, change of verbs every leader is overly familiar with on a daily basis. In the VUCA world, the the volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world today, agility is paramount and a vital skill to every organizational leader. Is this a statement you can kind of resonate with? When I think about agility, two things come to mind, The, the ability to move quickly, But I also think of it as the ability to think and understand issues quickly, which then allows you to move quickly. Simply moving quickly or being a person of action without knowing what you're acting on doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I think that is critically important. I also think when I think about it from a business standpoint, I think of agility from an operational perspective, from a commercial perspective, there's a whole raft of different areas of agility, and they all come together to ultimately help drive that source of action. So I think being agile as a leader in the marketplace today, whether you're in the commercial space or corporate America, or if you're in higher education is critically important in terms of being able to respond to the situations and hopefully making the appropriate choices as as you're working in a world with a lot of imperfect information or incomplete information. Yeah. So, you know, often we talk about that um, as a leader of having a strategic mindset, right? Because we can't work within an organization, a cocoon. So when we're looking at what's happening out there, you know, what are the opportunities? What are the threats? I've often thought that strategic thinking is closely aligned with a leader who's agile, right? How do I scan? How do I adapt? How do I scan? How do I adapt? That whole concept of a strategic mindset, is that something that you've seen in leaders? That's something you've experienced even in your own leadership or with people who have led with you? Yeah, I would tell you that um, when I think of strategy and and using strategy and the ability, strategy in its simplest form is nothing but choices. You're making choices, things that you're going to do, things you're going to stop doing. And sometimes they'll stop doing are as critical as the things you're going to do. Some of the best leaders are people that don't have a title. You'd mentioned that I have a background in manufacturing, part of that finance, but I spent the last 20 plus years of my career really in manufacturing. And I would tell you some of the 
the best leaders that I came across were people on a factory floor that really had no title, but they understood the bigger mission. It had to do with attitude. This may sound a little quirky, but I've used this example in a number of speeches. There are three bricklayers that are, are working on a cathedral. The first bricklayer, we go and we talk with them and I say, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm hammering the stone and uh, I can't wait till 5.30 comes and I can go home. The second one says, I'm hammering a stone, turning it into a square so it fits into a wall. The third one says, I am building a cathedral. They're all doing the same job. That person building the cathedral is a leader. And that person that can inspire folks to do things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And they're the ones also that are going to make some of those decisions on the fly without management getting involved, because management and leadership are two different things, that are going to get involved and allow them to uh, continue the process. So I view that agility and that leadership not necessarily at the top. It's in the middle, and it's at the lowest levels of the organization. Yeah, it's interesting, that really important piece of information about everyone is a leader, right? In that um, often strategy is what we say no to, right? It's more about actually what we say no to than what we say yes to. And it helps us to keep focus in terms of where we want the organization to go and how we fulfill our mission and impact you know, that we have as an organization. You also spoke a little bit about speed of change. And you know, as we think about this um, pretty VUCA world we're living in right now, we just somewhere, depending on who you speak to, somewhere at the end of a pandemic, start of an endemic. You know, we have the events in Europe last week happening. Strategic plans in March 2020 kind of went out the window, all right, and because we had to make choices kind of almost day by day on what we're going to do and what we're going to do. So there was a, the speed of change became a huge issue. And how important do you think that is in terms of developing that as a leader? And how do you think that will continue into the future? Or is this just an event in the world today? No, I don't, I don't think it's an event. Just it, Obviously, it is an event in the world today, but I don't think it's a one-off. We have faced, you know, I'm at the stage in life now where I've lived through many wars, geopolitical events that have occurred throughout the world. That is something that is commonplace. I think there's a fundamental shift or a power struggle going on globally that is going to continue to create disruption. And as a result of that, it has huge impacts on every economy around the world. So I think about, for example, let, let's just use COVID. Just as I was retiring, COVID was just starting to surface in China. And one of the last things I said to our board of directors was, I think this is going to be bigger than we realize, but I want to make sure we look after our people. So we're going to pay our people regardless of, of the disruption that we have in China. Little did I know that it was going to have the impact it had around the world, impacting 300 factories in our case. I think that the rate of change is much more accelerated and will continue to be accelerated because we're becoming a much more intertwined global community. And as a result of that, that intertwining, which was originally predicated on us trying to go to the lowest cost producers when it comes to commercial activities, has had some unintended consequences because it's not necessarily aligning with the interests of different countries. And I think we are going to continue to see disruption, not interruption, but disruption, whether it's in the supply chain, whether it's going to be social-related issues, 
that impact us. That is the constant. The only constant is change. And I think the change is going to continue to accelerate. So if I was a listener listening in right now and thinking, you know, that's not something I'm, I'm real comfortable with and I didn't see myself as being agile. And I know you enjoy mentoring and coaching emerging leaders. What kind of advice or counsel would you give to someone in terms of saying, these are the things you probably have to develop or nurture to be a leader who's agile for the future? A great listener, critically important. Being, I'll call it well-read, but what I mean by that is not just reading, but really listening to things outside your normal sphere. When I think about, again, I'll, I'll, I'll use the example that, uh, uh, that I had with new employees where I talked about, while you think you're making a certain product, you need to understand the impact you have around you and around the world as it relates to the products you're making. And so you need to understand the bigger picture. It goes back to that bricklayer. I'm building a cathedral. I'm not just hammering a stone. Understand what the overall picture is and recognize that you're part of that, that overall solution. I think engaging in dialogue with people, and I, I'm going to use again industry as an example. Do not limit your conversations to those that are in your own industry. Talk with groups of people outside your industry and be passionately curious. I think that's critically important. That then leads you to thinking about the art of the possible. Today, we are just swimming in data. What we need is information. And more importantly, actionable information. Clearly what I've seen throughout the career, now that we have so much information, we tend to see paralysis by analysis. That becomes very problematic because now you're not making decisions. And I'll, I'll give you an example in sort of the approach because some of it is cultural and some of it is just intuitive. In America, and I'm making a generalization, if we've got 70% directional correctness, we're sending the boat out and we're going to go sailing. As the wind changes, we'll course correct. And I can say this because I'm of German descent. The German culture, especially when you're dealing with engineers, is it's plan, 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 plan. Then send out and don't deviate from plan regardless of the change in the winds. That to me is a, a very much a cultural thing. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but I'm trying to get a point, an extreme point across is that there is a difference from a cultural standpoint in some of these types of situations where the ability to respond is going to happen quicker simply because some of that is our training as we go through our, our schooling, if you will, our formative years, and, and just how we've been brought up in terms of failure isn't the end. It's just the, it's the beginning of learning. You make two really important points. One is the importance of what I'd call intellectual curiosity in terms of being that curious in a, in a comprehensive way and where things are going. And then the term you used of actionable information. I think we have gone beyond the data information age, moving into more the knowledge wisdom age, right? In term, so if the information we have there, what is the action? Because that will actually provide us with knowledge. We have enough knowledge that gives us wisdom, changes behavior of organizations, leaders, and so on. And that's becoming ultra critical. As uh, corporate leaders or organizational leaders, um, obviously we don't stand alone, right? We have a whole organization um, that has to also have this agility to work with us and to achieve our mission within our identity. And so we're starting to hear more and more the term 
agile teams and scrums and tribes and sprints and the several terms that originally came out of the software industry and how to actually develop software really quickly. But it seems like it's been transferred at least in the last two or three years into the the corporate vocabulary. Do you think this is going to be a trend? Are we going to see a change from our traditional tree hierarchy into uh, more flexible um, type organizations, kind of more Lego block type things? We build it, break it down, build it again, depending on the need. How, how do you see that happening in terms of agile organizational structures? I think that's already been pushed into corporate America. And I'm going to compare entrepreneurial business and big corporations because I've had the opportunity to work in both. Entrepreneurs are incredibly agile. Their assessment of risk is radically different than someone who's grown up in a big corporation. That agility and big corporations really want to have that entrepreneurial spirit inside their business. And I'll give you an example. In, in, inside Sunoco, when, when I was there, my favorite question was, what if? What if we tried something radically different? What if we took on things outside of our comfort zone to really service a customer? We use Procter & Gamble as a guinea pig, so why start small? Let's go with someone big and just see if we can do something radically different. And at that time, we worked with their blades and razors business, or what they call personal grooming. We packed out their product. We said, well, we're packaging people, and and that's something that we can provide. Why aren't we doing that? And oh, by the way, we, we understand how to run these machines. Why aren't we providing the engineered services? And we've got a design team that understands how to design packaging better than they are. They're great at making blades and razors. How do we bring this together? Here's what I did know inside our entity. If I brought all the disparate groups or general managers of the different businesses together, strategy gets eaten by culture. What we did is we called it a skunk works team. Unashamedly, we stole that from aerospace. Did not tell the general manager we were working on that. And so we, we said, let's go test this. And the process was exceptional. We were able to provide a solution for a new razor that came out. In a matter of three weeks, we put a full campaign together for P&G. And it was a test. They had already gone down the path, but they were testing us to see what did this really look like. And I'll tell you where we, we took the, uh, the ideation from was from the Olympics. The whole campaign that they had where they said, thanks, mom. All the athletes said, thanks, mom. And it was a PNG ad. So why can't we approach something radically different and come with the expertise we have? Because we have marketeers. They understand who the consumer is. We've got to create a package that resonates with them. And it was going in with a holistic approach. We had never done anything like that before. It was well-received. It created a lot of discussion internally at Sunoco when we then let the whole organization know what we had gone and done. Absolutely would not have worked had we done it the traditional way. So where I'm going with this, John, is I think corporations, corporate structure is going to change over time. And it's going to change as a result of COVID, where you've now got people working at home or working away from the traditional office. And we've seen, yes, that can work. I do worry about how that's going to impact the culture of organizations when you don't have the body together. But I do think that it's going to change radically and and permanently how organizations work. And we all know that a smaller focused team is going to be able to accelerate innovation. It's going to accelerate new products going to market. 
and we could go down the list. It'll accelerate in higher education, the ability to create new programs and have those available for students. And so I think that's going to be critically important. And I, I think that is, is going to be the wave of the future because people, people don't want to be managed. They want to be led. And so when you think about smaller, smaller teams where it's being led for a specific purpose, I think that uh, great results will come as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think skunk works with the exception that will now become the rule, right, yeah. in terms of how, how we work. And so that's going to be not only because of the change coming through and the pace of change, and it really gets down to we just have to be agile and pivot as things change. You said something early on. It's, it, it's also about courage, and that's a big deal. If you've got an organization or a culture that discourages taking risk, those organizations, I don't think will survive. Yeah. You know, as I said, I don't care if you make a mistake, just don't make the same mistake yeah. multiple times. The one thing that we also encouraged, and it was some success in the bigger organization, was fail fast. So go out and experiment. And that's part of that whole agility thing. It's a change in the culture. You've got to have leaders who are not going to scold or take action against learnings, not failures, but learnings. And that then starts to radically change the culture in terms of the entire culture to think about moving quickly and being less concerned about change. Well, you know, things change, technology, world events, pandemics, et cetera. But the one thing that doesn't change is people. Absolutely. They want to be loved, respected, valued. We say you can't be a leader without followers, right? Exactly. Uh, and so if people, you want people to follow, make sure you respect, value, honor them and make that happen. Thanks so much again for joining us and sharing these insights and agility, and I do appreciate it. Hopefully there'll be some takeaways for our listeners in terms of how they grow in their own ability to lead agile organizations, and even how they as leaders are more agile into this very uncertain, unpredictable future that we, we have in front of us. So thanks. Appreciate Thank it. You, John. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LAPUX podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoyed learning something new today and that you have at least one takeaway to use immediately in your professional life. Please take a few seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We value your feedback so highly because we're doing this for you. Please also subscribe to this podcast where we will be providing you with leadership training and resources as we hear from more Christian leaders from all over the world. Connect with us on social media so we can journey by learning together. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that we've created for you. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, we're here to help you become a better you. So check out x.lapu.edu.